My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in schools as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. Are you looking to elevate your classroom management or possibly even just improve it so that tomorrow is a better day than today was? Visit my website at drkeganyadley.com, linked in the episode notes, to sign up for our free one-hour webinar on the five simple classroom management strategies that will work as soon as tomorrow. There's also a self-paced online course with a workbook for more extensive work in the area. Again, that's linked on the website, drkeganyadley.com. What's going on, everybody? Today is Wednesday, uh, so our episode is on Wednesday again this week. I apologize for being off schedule on Tuesdays. I just got back from a really nice trip with my mom, visiting her older sister, my aunt Erlene in South Carolina. My mom's 72nd, my 71st birthday is next week, and um, that's what she wanted to do for her birthday. And at, at some point in some other episodes, I've probably talked about, you know, how many family vacations I did not go on out of my own choice to choose work over that stuff. And one day I will get into my story. That's not for today's episode. However, the vacation, the trip with my mom, um, was long overdue and really needed. And it was a really great time. So anyway, the podcast is coming out on Wednesday this week. And actually we're going to do something a little bit different. Well, you're going to hear from me and just me today. Um, next week, we have a really great episode part two to our positive influence leader episode. And that was really, really, um, it was downloaded a lot. A lot of people really, there's some great feedback on that part one of that episode. So we will have Glenn Parker with us again to talk about the four types of positive influence leaders what negative leadership can look and feel like, and then how to lead through times of crisis. So that's coming next week. Today, what I wanted to do was actually provide some commentary, for lack of a better phrase or expression, on a couple of articles that have been circulating for a little while now related to leadership, I would say, although it's related to teaching and and being a school leader. So the two articles you may think are not related at all if I were to just read them. However, I am going to relate them today and, uh, and comment a little bit on them. So the first article appeared in Education Week. Uh, I'm trying to think of when it initially appeared because I know that I used it back in the fall uh, to have a few conversations on the podcast and also just in other areas of my work. 
And yeah, November 12th, that is when this article that I'm going to talk about first appeared, but it's being recirculated. So it appeared in Education Week on November 12th, and it's called Teachers Want Their Administrators to Teach. Here's why. So I've seen a lot on this on social media. Lots of different popular platforms have shared this article, and there's some great rationale there. So that's the first article. The second article was actually based on a study that I think I might have read over the summer, but my husband actually tagged me in this on Facebook this morning, and I got a little bit nervous. I said, oh my goodness, what is he what is he tagging me in? But it was a news outlet was commenting on or reporting on a study that was done um, by NASSP about, it's called Bracing for the Mass Exodus of School Principals. But what the article is, um, is a survey of hundreds of principals and talking about how, you know, now more than ever, principals are ready to walk away from the job um, or wish they could and just the stress levels. So there's a relationship that I want to talk about here. Now, does this relate to teacher stress? Of course it does. Um, teachers probably want their administrators to be teaching in their rooms to get a sense of what it's what they're going through. And while that's super important, and I will touch on that, what I really want to focus on today is the role of the principal and other building administrators, but specifically the principal, and why principals are probably wholeheartedly agree and want and prefer to be in the classroom doing things like that and the things that keep them from it, which then leads to the reason why they are preparing for what everybody's calling a mass exodus. So let's start with teachers who want their administrators to teach. Now, this article, again, was published in Education Week back in November, and their contributor, Elizabeth Hubick, had written about why principals should be teaching and help how it helps school leaders better understand the challenge teachers face in the classroom and that the regular connection to the classroom and to students can make principals stronger and more empathetic leaders. I wholeheartedly agree with that, wholeheartedly. When I was a principal and I would get into a classroom, I would have so many aha moments. It could be in five minutes or 25 minutes, or 60 minutes, it sparked so much in me, but it wasn't just empathy and understanding. Yes, it was those things, but it was also, I felt like my heart grew. <laughs> my It made me have joy for my job. It didn't, even if the lesson wasn't going great, or you know, there, was, or there were some hiccups in the class, or maybe students weren't exactly following directions, contrary to what people may believe, sometimes a lot of principals aren't stressing about that. It's an indication of something we need to work on. We're just happy to be in a classroom and be around teachers and and kids. So I wholeheartedly agree that being in the classroom makes us as principals stronger and more empathetic leaders. Um, And this story sparked a lot of conversation on social media. And a lot of it came from teachers who were overwhelmingly endorsing um, this practice and wish that their own principals and other administrators would take the time to teach. And it, said, it acknowledges that some principals embrace the idea too. I would say it'd be a lot more than some, but I'll get to the reason why it may only be some when I talk about the other article. So there were things that teachers were looking for um, 
they were mentioning like the, the teacher job shortage and with the teacher job shortage that administrators should be getting into classrooms to help alleviate the pressure of teachers having to cover each other's classes. Again, yes, in an ideal world, that would be what's happening. But when the teacher shortage caused more work for building administrators because they need to arrange for and organize the coverage for those classes because there were no substitutes. So yes, in a perfect world, administrators are getting into classrooms to cover some of those. And I know they were in a lot of cases, but it's really hard to do that. When you, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I used to do every morning is that it would be to check my uh, my email or my employee attendance log. It depended on what school I was at. And that's the first thing I woke up to. I was The first thing I was looking for was how many people are in, how many people are out, and what does my substitute uh, situation look like? So what do I need to cover? So literally, that's how my, my day as a principal started every single day. If you want to talk about starting your day with stress, wait, wake up, look at your email, and start thinking immediately about the fact that you don't have enough people to cover all of the classes that may not have teachers and what you're going to do and what you may have to ask teachers to do that day. It is a terrible feeling and position to be in. Definitely, some people were saying that it should be required for all administrators and school board members. Now, I'm going to assume that where there is a really strong emotion coming from teachers, my assumption would be that they may not have the most positive experience with their building or district leaders. That's, that's what that indicates to me. Because typically what you might see when there is a strong relationship with the leadership in the building is, yes, this is a great idea, but I also can't imagine my principal having enough time to do this. That should probably be what we hear if there's a solid working relationship and solid leadership from that administration is you'd also see teachers having a pretty strong level of empathy for the leaders as well, knowing that it would be almost impossible for them to do that. So where there are exclamation points and people really emphatically saying this, that's an indication that, hey, there might not be something going right in that school or in that district leadership. Let's take a look at that. So there were one of the issues that teachers were, were stating or, or stating they were facing is, is high levels of burnout. And I've seen it for myself with teachers, especially this year, but this goes back before the pandemic. And, you know, I think that having, you're not having as much coverage because when you hear teacher coverage, what you're hearing is teachers having to give up their unassigned period, their prep period to go cover a class for a teacher who's out, but there's no sub for that class. That has been happening. I, I don't have the statistics. I don't know if there are statistics and data, but exponentially higher rates this year and last year than ever before. And that's a burden because a lot of teachers try to use that time to prepare materials, to take a walk, go to the bathroom, God forbid, eat something. It really is that, it really is that stressful. Things don't stop. So for teachers, you know, wanting principals to alleviate some of that stress, I completely understand. I would say that probably a better way to approach alleviating stress is reduce other things that they can, that principals can reduce on teachers' plates. And then when they talk about 
you know, being on the front lines in the classroom, I think it's important to note that I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and for, you know, other really amazing leaders that I've worked with and for that a lot of us have come from teaching. If we've come through teaching in really challenging settings, we still get it. We really do still get it. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a system in the school that can uh, uphold the challenge that these shortages are creating. Of course, you're going to hear my dogs in this episode. What would it be? Would it be a podcast episode without them? So here's Kira. You can see her because we have video going. Um, She'll be my podcast co-host for the next 15 minutes. So when you hear um, that stress needs to be alleviated or that principals need to understand what it's like to be on the front lines, we do. We really do. And it's important to get in to get reminded sometimes. And that is helpful. So I want to, though, jump over. So I'm not discounting what teachers are saying, but I want to add in a voice that honestly very seldomly gets heard. Because as I've said before, principals don't have protection. When I say protection, I just mean we know that we are usually at will day-to-day employees. And in places where there's a toxic relationship with the district administration, and I've worked in one um, in my fir- when I first became a principal, and that relationship is even worse now. I'm not there, but it's definitely gotten worse. Principals, we are reminded that we are at will and that we could lose our job or worse every day. And so principals are very, very hesitant to speak out for probably a lot of the same reasons that teachers feel like they can't speak out. But principals really have to be careful about how much they push back or advocate um, because at any moment that could be turned around and and used against them. And I do speak from experience because I've had that done to me. It's just that I am pretty tough. I'm really firm in what I will fight for and and especially who I am fighting for, which is always teachers and students, so that when I go up against district leadership, I'm always confident in what I'm doing. Doesn't mean I don't suffer repercussions or ramifications, but it's also why I'm not there anymore because I left. A lot of people either can't do that or they just don't have the strength to do that. And so principal voices are voices that are largely on heard, especially right now. So that leads me to the second article that I wanted to go over, the one that my husband actually tagged me in on Facebook. Now, this is not a new study. Um, The National Association of Secondary School Principals. So this is secondary school principals, so middle schools and high schools, NASSP. Okay. They surveyed 500 principals and they found that nearly 40% of those principals said that they expect to step down within the next three years or even sooner. And that if they found about 30% said that if we find a higher paying job, we're actually leaving education altogether. Now I, I have to admit I've been there. I have been there. And so in my mindset, I've been there in looking pre pandemic and it is, it's real. But what this article calls out even more, it dives into that study 
and speaks about the fact that the number of principals who are saying that they plan to leave within the next three years is so much higher for principals who have been on the job for four years or less. So that number was 62% of them said they will leave in the next six years. So 62% of principals who have only been principals fewer than four years, 62% said they plan to leave. So this is a really, this that statistic is alarming because you may think that those who are coming into this profession are, they might have some more um, energy. And the thing is that this, the job of being a principal really saps you of everything you have. <laughs> and so a lot of principals were saying that yeah, I'd leave right now if I could, but I would never do that to my school. I actually, that happened to me. I stayed longer than I, I, I could because I never wanted to let my school down and I wanted to make sure they could find somebody to replace me. So I spent an extra year, um, an extra year there. So the thing is that there are more, there are more statistics from this article that talk about principals of color, women, and principals who are leaving schools have higher proportions of low income students and students of color are actually more likely than their peers to experience job related stress and to want to leave. So in the reasons for wanting to leave, I don't know that everybody understands like what the reasons would be. I've never met a principal who left the role because the students were challenging, meaning like there's, you know, there are fights or there's behaviors or it's not that. However, according to the survey, 91% of principals were very or extremely concerned about student wellness more than any other challenge. So student wellness, I can say for myself that's what concerned me the most this past year when everybody was back in, in the building. I the, the student wellness piece hit me harder than I ever expected it to because I've been in conditions and in settings where I have a lot of students who are dealing with mental health issues and, and challenges my entire career. So I didn't think that would hit me the way it did and it hit me hard. So when we talk about where I'm going to connect these two articles is here. I say it all the time and I definitely, and I use this platform to advocate for those in education who need more of a voice. Teachers are saying that they are beyond stressed out and burnt out. And I'm not, this is not me reading an article. I see it with my own two eyes. I'm in schools, but they're saying they're stressed out and burnt out. A good principal is going to evaluate every day what they can take off teachers' plates. However, principals don't have the latitude to do that in many cases. And in the places where it's more stressful, such as urban districts that have high levels of uh, poverty and where COVID has hit even harder, those principals usually have even less latitude to make the decisions that they need to make for their teachers. So where it's more stressful, there's less a principal can do. Principals, here are things that you can do to help alleviate some of the stress. If you want to get into classrooms, I, I posted about this on LinkedIn, but I wrote just a few things that principals can do 
if you're really trying to find the time to get into classrooms, to bring your own joy back, okay, to try to own your calendar. These are the things that you can do and they're not going to work every time, but they might work a few times and get you back connected to um, students and teachers. So the things that you can do, just give me one second. You need to protect your calendar. You need to, at, 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 at all costs. So tell your teachers that you're going to carve out one period a week, okay, to teach a full lesson, or you're going to carve out a morning a week to visit classrooms, okay? How whatever you feel like your school needs or whatever you feel like you need in order to, to be successful. When you communicate that, then you're letting everybody know this is a top priority for me. Then put it on your calendar so everybody knows that you are not available, okay? Everybody knows they can't schedule it, something with you during that time. Then fight to keep that time sacred because principals, you know, your supervisor, especially if you're one of those places I mentioned where you have almost no latitude or control over your own schedule, you know you're going to get a calendar invite. Say no. If you feel like you might get fired for it, don't say no. Well, actually, I might have said no. But then again, you know, <laughs> it's not easy to navigate. But if it, say no. Let your supervisors know this is something that I'm prioritizing. I need you to schedule a time with me at a different time. And then prepare your team to respond to calls, et cetera, while you're teaching. This is really important. So if you're going to go teach a class, right, this is even more important. Classroom walkthroughs, you can pop out. If you go in to teach a class and you commit to a teacher, you're going to do that. You need to be able to follow through. So you need to have your team um, established and set up to be able to respond to any kind of call you as the principal may get. So those seem, they, they sound really simple, right? I can't tell you how hard it is to make sure all four of those things happen. But if you go in with that intention, you may be able to do that. Teachers, we are, te principals are doing their best. They're trying. And school district leaders, you need to listen to me. I don't know how else to say it. You need to listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. I know how to help you retain your teachers and especially your school leaders. And these are things that are critically important. So that is my talk for the day. Thank you for listening and for showing up. Again, for reference, there was an article in Education Week back from November. Um, and another, actually, it was also an Education Week, but it was a study by um, NASSP. You can look this study up. Um, I'll link them both in the episode notes as well. Um, but the wellness of our principals trickles down to the wellness of our teachers. If our principals aren't well, our school's not going to be well. Our teachers are going to be stressed out. And, you know, there are some principals like me who may just say, you know what, I'm doing it. But honestly, that I'm no longer in the in the job <laughs> because I left because there was a lot that came with standing up to uh, to the to the district. So, again, reach out to me. Email me, Michaela at drkeganyadley.com. I would love to have a conversation with you if you are a district leader and you want to push back, push back. Otherwise, really take a look at what you're asking of your principals and then what that's making them ask of their teachers and what it's doing to your entire school, community, culture, and environment. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll be back next week with Glenn Parker talking about positive influence leadership and leading through times of crisis. Take care.